This is Jessica Speaks, and you're listening to To The Fat Lady Sings. I am so excited to have you all back for today because I've cooked up something very special. I have concocted the 10 Fat Commandments, and I think it's time that I share it with the world. Now, some of you may be wondering whether or not I'm qualified to deliver the 10 Fat Commandments, and I assure you, I'm outside. I'm what you would call a forever fat. That means that I have been fat, and I will always be fat. Even at the smallest points in my life, I am what the old folks would attempt to politely call big boned or heavy set. So I was the girl in middle school who was giving you Nikki Parker because when my friends were at Limited 2 and Forever 21 trying to get their picture day outfits together, I was giving you Ashley Stewart clearance rack and I had the drawstring ponytail to match. So when I say I'm about that life, I am about that life. Um, I can even remember actually graduation day having a crisis because I couldn't go to the mall with my friends and get shoes my feet were extra wide where did I have to go pay less if you know you know R.I.P. pay less honey we miss you daily ain't been none like you so I cooked up the 10 fat commandments because there is this thing that happens when a fat person walks into a room and is confident and well-dressed Fat people sometimes have an adverse reaction because they'll come up to you and ask, oh my gosh, how are you so confident? Or they'll say, I wish I could be so confident. I wish I could wear that. I wish I could pull that off. And a part of me weeps for them because I understand how society polices fatness and fat people. And I understand where that hesitation comes from. And then there's this other thing that happens where non-fat people will come up to you and say, oh, my God, I love the way you carry yourself. Bitch, how am I supposed to carry myself? (laughs) What do you mean? Am I supposed to be out here in an AX T-shirt with my head hung low waiting for my days to run out? I exist. And as long as I exist, I'm going to be outside. I'm going to show up how I'm going to show up every time. Not because I'm trying to prove something to somebody, but because I have a life to live. The whole idea of, oh my gosh, I love the way you carry yourself. I think I know that people think it's a compliment, but it's like, I don't understand how else I'm supposed to carry myself. What do you expect from me? Do you think I don't deserve to have the confidence and joy that I have? I don't know. But nevertheless, I'm hopeful that the 10 fact commandments can be rules to live by right? This isn't something trivial. These are things that I think are really important for the most part. Um, because I think they can help us number one, begin to cultivate that confidence. But number two, I hope they help us really begin to reevaluate how we're showing up in spaces and ensuring that we're willing and excited about taking up space, period. We exist and therefore we deserve the 10 fact commitment to say to help with that. So I want to get into number one, I want us to decentralize straight sizes. Now, of course, I want us to do that as a society, but I'm talking about the individual right now. I want us to decentralize straight sizes in our minds first, and I'm hopeful that the world will begin to follow because we know that the world caters to straight sizes. Some may call it normal. Some may call it smaller, but We see them in media. We see them all over music videos and things like that. We see them all over magazine and fashion spreads. 
And what happens is because we never see representations of ourselves, we're convinced that we are the other. And also that we're the burden. The fact of the matter is the average woman in the U.S. is a size 12, 14. That's a relatively thicker body. In the fashion world, it's considered plus size. And there are doctors all over the nation who will be ready and willing to call that obese. Now, that's another conversation. But the fact of the matter is I don't even want to see 12 and 14s. I want to see a calm 26. Give me a 34. I want to see the 22s. Not just because I want to see how the clothes look on those bodies, but because I want to see the confidence that brims from people who are able to see clothes in their size. It doesn't make sense that all these companies say, well, we cater to plus sizes and you can only go up to an 18. And even the companies that go beyond 18, they say they'll carry 28s, 26s, 34s, whatever. When you go on the website, they're always sold out and they always cost way more. Now, y'all going to stop charging me extra for these fashion over pieces or it's going to be a problem. And I mean, that, OK, now decentralizing straight sizes also means that you acknowledge that the world is intentional in its refusal to acknowledge your existence. From retail to airplane seats, they know that you exist and they're refusing to serve you. They don't want to meet your needs. They want to convince you that you are the other and hopeful and they're hopeful that you'll conform, that you'll lose the weight, that you'll get smaller, that you'll fit in. That's not your fault. That's theirs. And that's a decision that they make every single time. And so as long as they continue to make the wrong decision, we can't patronize their businesses. I have totally divested from any and every company that refuses to carry my size. You will not catch me. As a matter of fact, the pieces were cheap half the time anyway. So we're decentralizing straight sizes. Number two. Bitch, now, we're going to keep it serious for the most part. But this needs to be said. Stop sitting, honey, in those cookout chairs. Have we not seen enough memes? I know you've seen the memes, babe. Stop sitting in those cookout chairs. What is the problem? Now, I know somebody out there is going to be talking about the politic of fat and fat phobia and whoop the whoop. Ain't nothing political about busting your ass at the reunion. Ain't nothing cute about sliding across the floor at the family cookout. I want you to stop sitting in those chairs. It's plenty others. Matter of fact, here's a hot, here's a, here's a, a tip fresh off the off the factory that doesn't make sense but anyway (laughs) if the chair is made of plastic baby now i don't know i don't know maybe some of y'all can get away with it i'm a size 24 26 i cannot It, it just i can't i will not i have hit the ground enough for all of us let me be the sacrifice i'll be the martyr for this one let me have bust my ass so you don't have to If the chair is made of plastic, it's a no. If the chair has slits in the back of it, it's a no, because I already see the chair in the back of my head. If the chair, when you sit, it shifts, it's a no. I remember in undergrad, there were these chairs in the cafeteria. We called the cafeteria the refac. And they would kind of do this thing when you sat in them where you could kind of feel all four legs, like, settle. I just... Honey, 
the God of my understanding is so good to me because I never hit that floor in that refactory. But I know somebody who did, though. And they was my size. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if the ancestors were holding me up like they were pushing Shikari the other day. But I'm just here to tell you it would be in your best interest to stand your ass up at the next family function because you you deserve better. I want better for you. We ain't going to do too much more than that. Number three, don't be cautious. Be comfortable. If you're like me, you grew up in a household where there was lots of policing of the fat body. Now, I will be honest and say, I grew up in a a Caribbean American household and Caribbeans are especially violent (laughs) when it comes to um, engaging fat people in many instances. So it's kind of weird because I know the Caribbean is one of those places that's known for like being fat friendly, right? Um, Back in the day when people were still watching the movie Fat Girls and using like the Thick Madame reference i think the caribbean was on that list of places where you could go where fat people could potentially find love and that is true um but let me tell you the aunties are still very spicy with it very spicy okay um and the moms too i i don't know that men engage fat people in a lot of the same ways at least not in a bold way right obviously we know that you know there are different feelings there are varying feelings about fat bodies but the way that family members tend to engage fat people especially fat children is interesting because I can't remember constantly being berated with uh I guess you would call them commands right sit up straight lean back suck in your stomach all those kinds of things even the way that, that I sat was important I had to cross my legs at the ankle. I had to make sure that my legs weren't spread too wide and all these things because I had a bigger body. In third grade, I had developed a lot quicker than other people. And so my body was policed even as a child before I even understood why I was doing things I was doing them. And as I've grown into an adult, I find that even now when I'm in those dressing rooms by myself, I hear an auntie in the back of my head saying Mm-mm, this is just not flattering and the good sense in me has to ask well what is flattering and what should flattering mean to anybody but me if I like it then it's flattering period so being comfortable and not cautious means being willing to take risks with your style even if it means it goes against the grain of what the family would have wanted It goes against the grain of what people think is acceptable for you. Being comfortable and not cautious also means understanding the ways that you've been conditioned to even exist. Even when you're just standing up in the corner by yourself, how are you? How have you been conditioned to stand in that corner? Are you sucking in your stomach? Are you leaning back? Are you pulling your skirt down? Are you closing up your shirt? All these things. All these things. And that actually brings me to number four, which is releasing the tension from your body. These two things go hand in hand. You can't be comfortable if you're holding tension in your body. And fat people, we do it all the time. And it's not our fault. I understand why we do it, but I want us to move away from it. 
So even let's practice right now. Are you sitting up straight? If so, don't. Let your shoulders slump to the front. Let your back curve a little bit if that's what it wants to do. Are you clenching your jaw? If so, unclench it. If you're sitting down like I am, are your legs crossed at the angle? Because, honey, for what? For who? If your legs are open, let them go as wide as they want. If you're someone who's privileged enough to be able to cross your legs, congratulations, honey. Uncross them. Now, I, I don't know what that's like. I've never been that girl who can do that. But uncross them and see what it feels like. Release the tension. And this is the big one. Let your stomach go, my love. Let your stomach do whatever it's going to do. Take a deep breath. If you're wearing tight jeans, unbutton them. Release the tension from your body. It's literally palpable. I remember when I was young, I was, I think, sitting on the porch. And I grew up on the kind of block where sitting on the porch, everybody was outside. And there was somebody sitting next to me. And they were like, yo, chill. And you know me being like a weirdo. I'm like, what? I am chill. I'm the chillest one out here. What do you mean? Right? Because I'm like, (laughs) I just was like, just a total weirdo. And they were like, nah, like, just chill. Like, I could see that you're, like, really tense. Just chill. And they were right. I was sitting with my back super straight because I didn't want to, like, slump my body over. I was sucking my stomach in because I had on what was described to me as an unflattering outfit by someone else. I had my legs crossed at the ankle because I didn't want to have my legs spread too wide. And all these things. And they were like, yo, just chill. And I was like, you motherfucking right. So I did. And I ain't looked back since. And sometimes I do still have to remind myself to release that tension. And sometimes it's really hard. But then I remember, in my case specifically and in many others, sucking in my stomach isn't going to make me less fat. What are we doing? Standing up straight. Ain't gonna make me any less like what I, I don't understand. The logic isn't even logical. I'm gonna look how I look regardless of whether or not my legs are crossed at the ankle. And I can't even and I shouldn't even be concerned that wrapped up in how I look and how others feel about how I look. So we're releasing it. We're releasing that tension and we're releasing those expectations. That was number four. We're moving on to number five. Now, number five is interesting to me because I don't know why I'm the first person I've heard say it. Honey, hashtag abolish peplum. I want stores to stop trying to sell us peplum. I want stores to stop trying to sell me peplum because who is buying peplum in 2021? I'm not a church mother. I'm not a funeral director. I'm not Miss Frizzle. Stop trying to sell me peplum. Oh my gosh. Hashtag abolish peplum. Hashtag defund bat wing blouses. Now the word blouse lets you already know like what we even talking about. But if you know what a bat wing is, it's those wide, huge, massive sleeves that like descend into an aggressively sharp point and 
it's almost when you flap your arms up and down, you can almost hear like a ha ha being released from the pits of hell. I want y'all to stop selling fat people peplum and bat wings. Cause when I see a peplum or a bat wing, I just know that there's a 27 piece glue in not far behind it. And I'm 27. I can't go out like that. When I see a peplum, I just know that there's a black suede-esque wedge associated. I don't want to part to that. Y'all can keep that. I also want to say right now, hashtag all shapes matter too. Because I feel like the peplums and the bat wings are specifically targeted toward the demographic of people who have what, what, what we say, quote unquote, less desirable bodies. Because we know that the desirable fat bodies are the hour shape, the hourglasses and the pear shapes. So the peplums are for the apples, the squares. And I, I just want to say it like it is. Wear what you want to wear. I don't want you to any longer feel constrained by the rules of yesteryear. It doesn't matter. Wearing peplum because it quote unquote suits your shape to me is the same thing as not wearing red nail polish because it's for hoes. Now, first of all, hashtag ho is life. Like these rules don't apply anymore. There are no rules. Fuck rules. So for me, I really think it's important that we abolish peplum. We abolish anything that's designed to number one, flatter someone's body because all bodies are flattering. But the second thing is, I just, I don't know. Are, are people still buying peplum? Is that what it is? is are people buying it? Because, yo, I have not, I don't know. I don't even want to spend more time on that because it's it's almost disrespectful how often people are trying to shove peplum down our throats. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm over peplum. I'm over bat wings. I'm over the animal print. I'm over the unnecessary like phrases of baby girl on fronts of t-shirts and backs of pants. I'm over that. Y'all can keep it. I don't want no more parts of it, please. My God. <sighs> Halfway through y'all. Halfway through. Number six. I really hope this applies to some people. Speaking of fashion, I don't want you to sleep on cheap brands. Now, I know I talked earlier about some clothes looking cheap, but there's a difference between clothes that look cheap and clothes that just happen to be cheap. So something people would ask all the time is, oh, my gosh, where do you get that? Where do you get that? Where do you get that? And it's so funny to me because it's like, girl, this is from Rainbow. Like, this ain't nothing fancy. Some of my favorite pieces, I do love a thrift, honey. I love a thrift. Um, Because thrift stores are cool for, like, vintage pieces. Thrift stores are cool for really unique pieces. But Rainbow has always come through. If you want a cami, if you want a little skinny jean, Rainbow is, is that girl. Now, listen. Child, I'm judging. I'm judging, but so what? I'm judgmental. Rainbow, we can only do certain things. If it has chains on it, release it. If it has phrases on it, let it go. If it is, if it has like, I don't know how to describe this, but if it has a really aggressive pattern, I want you to let that go because rainbow is good 
for like a rainbow on top of an animal print on top of like imitation Versace chains. I I don't know what's going on at the, down at the rainbow, but I guess they said they're going to give us something we can feel. We don't need all that. But rainbow is cool for really simple pieces. It's cool for really cheap pieces, especially if you needed something real fast, right? Um, I love Target because I love their basic t-shirts, especially their V-necks. Target is really good for some jeans and shorts too. There are certain brands that I do prefer. And then there are others that kind of hit or miss. Um, I will say you can buy more. You can find more um, via Target's website. But when you go into the store, you can always find something really quick and cute. Target is an amazing place to shop if you're someone whose job requires like a business casual kind of look. So you can usually find something to pull together there. I love, I, I, I don't know if y'all know about it, but I love Macy's clearance section. I say clearance because Mm, I'm not really a Macy's person, but I have found some of my favorite jeans in the Macy's plus size clearance section. As a matter of fact, I found these Tommy Hilfiger patchwork jeans for like $15 there once. And ever since that, I've been hooked. So once every few months, because if you've been to the clearance section of Macy's, you know, it's very reminiscent of a cemetery. It's very dark, very dreary. It smells of mothballs. Um, very little attention has been given to that clearance section. So really, you only need to go once every few months because I promise if you go sooner than that, it'll be the same clothes there. And just check it out, see what they have. Um, and then finally, one of my favorite places to shop is Lane Bryant, especially for underwear. I, I have to be honest, I don't really buy a lot of clothes from Lane Bryant, but when it comes to underwear, bras, and panties, you got me every time. Um... I love a semi-annual sale, honey. But if not, sometimes Lane Bryant has really random sales that are pretty cool. So last year I found underwear for, I think I got 10 pair for $35, which is a really good deal because usually their underwear goes for like 6 or $7 each. Um, so sign up for the, the, what do you call them? Sign up for the alerts because if you sign up for the alerts, then you can usually be hip to the sales that are happening. And sometimes those sales are one day only, in-store only. So these are just a few places, right? But you don't have to always listen to influencers. You don't always have to buy pieces that are $60 each, $100 each. And sometimes those are cool, but you can be frugal. You can even be, you know, practical. The other thing is, if you want to wear what the influencers are wearing, be mindful of sale seasons. So, for example, one of my, fla my favorite places to get coats is Eloquy. Eloquy has a sale every summer and usually in that summer sale, it's like a clearance kind of sale, they'll have coats. So winter's obviously coming right after summer. I can get the coats that I've been eyeing for a while at usually like 50% off, 80% off sometimes. And Eloquy always ships pretty quickly. So I'll get them in three or four days, max. These are the kind of things you want to think about, right? So don't feel the need to splurge, but if you if you want to get some high quality stuff, think about the sales. Don't be afraid of it. At the end of the day, we all trying to just make it. It doesn't make sense to spend money that you may not have. And even if you have it, why spend it if there if there are ways to avoid it, right? So that brings us to number seven. Number seven is, you know, is something that I what will I say? It's something that I've struggled with. Number seven is stop projecting your internalized fat phobia onto other fat people. And I say I've struggled with this because I'm guilty of it. Because of who I am, 
because of how I was raised and because of how I've grown, I was for a long time under the belief that fat people had to behave in a certain way, dress in a certain way, be a certain way. And so I would often project my internalized fat phobia onto other fat people. Never out loud, never out loud. Cause you know, I believe in the ministry of minding my business, but I would do that. And I would, for it, you, let me just give you an example. Cause some people may say, well, what does that look like? Number one, I may see an outfit and think, Ooh, that's not flattering. Right. And remember, we talked about that word flattering. I know how I feel about that word now. But in my younger days in like high school and such, I would see somebody and feel like, oh, that's not flattering. Right. Um, or when the songs played in clubs and parties, like watch out for the big girls, I would die, die. And if a fat person jumped into the middle of the circle and started going crazy, I'd be like, no, no. Like I would hate it. It would just make me cringe. Now, when the song plays, I still cringe, but now I cringe because I don't know why niggas is crowding around me. Like, I'm about to start breakdancing. I came, listen, I just came to, to, to chill with y'all. That's it. So, I want us to stop projecting our internalized fat phobia. There's several points that we can make here. One, I want us to stop policing ourselves. This is really like a, it's a torturous kind of agony when you police yourself. And it's extremely misleading because you're good. You're all right. When you police yourself, you convince yourself of things that that don't exist. You convince yourself of truths that don't exist, right? And so when you police yourself, you kind of force yourself into a really tight box and it's hard to get out of it. And that's why you hear yourself, you'll hear people say, people who have lost a lot of weight say they still struggle with the same things that they experience as a fat person because the mentality doesn't change. You have to work on that now because regardless of what your body will choose to do, your mind is your job, right? And you're in control of your mind. But the second thing I want us to stop doing is policing others. Leave people alone. Mind your business. Stop judging people. Stop tearing them down. Stop turning your nose up at them. The fact of the matter is, the days of behaving a certain way, being a certain way, they're long gone. And we're not the stuck-up aunties that we had to endure. We know better, so we can do better. So number number seven, excuse me, is simple. We are going to stop projecting internalized fat phobia onto other fat people. If you're not clear on what that means, sit with it. And if you want more information about what that means, hit me up. I'd love to talk about that with somebody. My Instagram is till the fat lady sings. Lady spelled with an X and not an A. So L-X-D-Y. I'd love to talk about it. Moving on to number eight. Okay. Listen. This is something I've been wanting to talk about for a while. Um... And I, I really don't know how to, how to put it. So I'm going to just say how I want to say it. I want fat people to require people to respect their bodies. Literally. Require people to respect your body in the way that you think you see fit. I don't know what, I don't know what respect means for everybody. Um, 
so I, you know I, I obviously it's it's subjective but when I say this there's a specific example that comes to my head I don't know if y'all saw that video of the baby there was a fan in like a you know like a 7-eleven or a wawa or something and there was a video of a fan like super hyped to see him like gagging she was literally like oh my god it's the baby like so excited and this nigga literally walks up to her and jumped on her he jumped on her like how your baby jumps on you when they want to be fed he jumped on her like how I jumped on that semi-annual sale at Lane Bryant he jumped on her like how my mother would jump on me when I didn't remember to take the chicken out to throw like she had told me and I was mortified for that person because I don't know how she felt she might have been excited you know whatever but he's done that on several occasions. There have been several instances where he's jumped on a fat person. And it's like, these are people, not playthings. So I really want us to require people to respect our bodies. People tend to deal with fat people in a way that's really rough, not sensitive, not gentle. Because number one, they're convinced that we can endure. Um, and that's why we tend to succumb from certain kinds of violence because people are convinced that we can endure but the other thing about it is honey I am a person and I don't want to be humiliated like this get the fuck off of me what is wrong with you I'm here to say hello what are you jumping on me for sometimes with intimate partners people will like really like deal with you crazy because you're big like I never said this is what I never said I like this and if I do, ask me first. Like, what are we doing? So I have learned to require people to respect my body. Even when it comes to, like, younger people. I have a nephew, and I had to tell my nephew, I'm a person, not a plaything. So you can't just push me and pull me how you want because I'm a person. You got to be gentle with me like I'm gentle with you. And so now when he's around other fat people, he always says, okay, I'm going to be gentle, right? When he's holding their hands and things, because he knows they're people. They're just built differently. And so the way I have to do it with my young nephew is the same way I do it with these grown people. I'm a person, not a plaything. Please be careful with how you deal with me, because once I'm once it's up, it's stuck. I'm not going to say it more than once, because after that, it's moving into disrespect. Now, that may not be how that person felt at that Wawa, but that's what I felt for her. And if I'm being honest, to me, that's the kind of thing that you watch play back a few hours later and you're like, oh, I didn't like that. It was kind of cringy, right? Um, and I don't want to project my feelings onto that person, but for sure, I do want fat people to require that people respect their bodies, respect their space, and respect their softness. I hope that helps, right? And so that's number eight. It's really simple. Um, I just feel like you're not a show. You're not a joke. You're not a poppy show. You're a person. Number nine is going to be swift and painless. I want you to stand on your standards. This is something a friend of mine used to talk about all the time. Stand on your standards. As a matter of fact, um, this is a conversation that exists in many spaces, because people are convinced that fat people shouldn't have standards, people think that because you're fat, you should just take whatever comes to you in life. You should be grateful. 
Anybody who thinks like that should go to hell today. Um, because the fact of the matter is I deserve and I'm going to have period. If I'm being honest, a lot of the people that I think society would have me be with could never even get next to me. And that's, that has nothing to do with, uh, it has nothing to do with me. Well, I am picky. You know, let me, let me go ahead and say that, but it's, it's really more about me understanding what my standards are and me, me knowing that my standards are are going to have to be unwavering in order to find the kind of partner that I'm in search of. So because I have long been conditioned to believe that I'm not deserving of and I shouldn't have and all these things, I'm now hyper fixed on, no, I'm going to get exactly what I want. I'm not going to take anything less than exactly what it is that I want because I should have it. I deserve it. So I'm going to claim it. And that's why your dusty homeboy could never, could not even uh, ever, 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 ever. <laughs> like, I can't, <laughs> I can't emphasize that enough. You can never. Fat people have standards and I have standards. I don't care. I'm not about to argue with anybody about my standards. I'm not about to be- debate. My friends always say, oh my God, you don't date. Da, 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 because I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. And the other thing about it is too, just because I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get into the idea of like, well, you know, this person appreciates me. They appreciate my body. But now that, now that I know more about what fetish, uh, what fetishization looks like, I understand how people tend to fetishize fat bodies. And so I'm not even impressed with someone being super attracted to me. That doesn't move me. As a matter of fact, the way I see it, I'm, I'm, I'm big, fine. You should be attracted to me. Look how I look. Even when I'm in sweatpants and my eczema is breaking out, look upon me. Right? So, so I, I don't even, I'm not even impressed with the idea of somebody finding me attractive because I don't want to get caught up in that. Now, mine, I'll be honest, my younger self would have just gone to pieces over someone like professing their like for me, professing their lust for me, whatever it was. But I'm standing on my standards and I suggest that you do the same. I promise there are people in the world who are going to want to love you, going to desire you, going to want to be with you, be in deep relationship with you, make commitments to you. You don't have to be any of the tropes that fat women are often in movies and TV shows. You don't have to be a Nikki Parker chasing niggas around for all your life. You don't have to be somebody's secret love affair. You don't have to be somebody that that only gets pulled up on in the wee hours of the morning or the night. You don't have to be any of those things. You don't have to be, please, my God, my God, my God, my God. Please don't be the big girls need love to person. Like, we're going to talk about that. There's a whole episode dedicated to that. But please don't even be that person. Because who are you talking to? Like people will say that to you and think that that's a compliment. We don't, we're not having any of that. Stand on your standards. And as a matter of fact, be willing to up your standards. You can say, I want better for myself and I'm going to have it. Better meaning I don't want to have to be with someone or be in relationship or dealing with folks just because they're, just because they, they accept me. Acceptance shouldn't be the standard. Excellence, adoration, affection, commitment, reliability, all those things should be parts of the standard. 
I don't think there's anything left to be said. If you're confused about what that means, that means that perhaps you haven't taken the time to set up what your standards are. And that's cool, too. But I want you to think about that. What are my standards and am I standing on them? What are my standards and am I requiring people in my life to meet my standard? And if you don't, why am I entertaining you? What is it that I'm getting from you that I seem to be able to, that I seem to be trying to, to, to substitute for something else? If someone is in your space and they're not meeting your standards, reevaluate why they're getting into your space. Everybody shouldn't be able to get next to you, so don't let them. This is my last point. We've made it to number 10 of the 10 Fat Commandments. And this one I cannot stress enough. I don't even know if it has to be said, but, you know, based on what I see on social media, it seems like y'all just, you know, you're going against the grain. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. Sweetheart, food is tunyam. What does that mean? Eat your food, honey. Eat your food. I don't give a fuck what's going on. I don't care what function you at. I don't care what number date this is. Eat your food, babe. First of all, food is to eat. You have to nourish yourself. Feed yourself. Number two, though, everyone around you knows you, is in community with you. They see you. You will prove no point by not eating. All you will do is defeat yourself mentally and starve yourself physically. Eat your food, my love. Now, if your family is petty and trifling like mine, they put the food in the middle of the family function. So you got to walk in the middle of the circle to just get your little snacks. And I remember when I was young, I'll be so nervous and hesitant about that. You think I'm not going in the middle of that circle now? Huh? Especially as, a, as an adult who done put up a little change on the food that's already here. Honey, let me go ahead and make my plate. And I know that's easier said than done, but eat your food, literally. Like, who are we kidding? Eat your damn food. The fact of the matter is, you shouldn't be playing games with anybody about why or when you choose to nourish your body. Eating your food also means have a snack. Literally, have a snack. You shouldn't feel like you're breaking a law when you're having a snack and no one should make you feel that way and if someone ever did that would easily let you know who you didn't need to be in community with anymore period you deserve why why when i hit when i say you deserve it it's always giving me mama d but (laughs) love and hip-hop aside you do deserve You deserve to have, like, those moments of comfort food when you're ready. You deserve to have those moments of, like, richness when you're ready. And so sometimes you can treat yourself, but sometimes it's not even about having a treat. Sometimes it's just this is what we're on right now. I would often be so committed to diet culture that I would say, I'm just going to treat myself. But what's the sense of that? Because I only have one life to live, number one. But number two, because I'm fat, I, sh- I shouldn't have mac and cheese at Thanksgiving? For what? For why come? There's another one of those rules that doesn't make sense again. This goes for schools, family functions, dates, all of that. I want you to be comfortable. Remember we said not cautious, we're comfortable, right? Eat your food. As a matter of fact, I can guarantee you the people that you think would be most concerned, like dates, for example, 
they already know in your in their mind, they already know that you may likely be cautious. It's palpable. So release the tension from your body going back to number four. Be comfortable, not cautious. And make the cognizant decision that you are going to navigate that space however you see fit. Even if that means making a plate that everybody can see. These are the 10 fat commandments that I've chosen to come up with. Not just because these are things that I want other people to understand. These are things that I've kind of had to work to understand. And I kind of keep close to me as well. These are things that I'm still learning. These are areas in which I'm still growing. I really want us to work on this together. I think I'm going to come up with a way that we can come back to these fat commandments a few times. Because what I'd like to happen is this. I'd love if we could really document the ways that the 10 fat commandments have helped us stand up in the fullness of ourselves. The 10 fat commandments have helped us really understand the importance of accepting our existence just as it is, not feeling the need to change it. And even if you do feel the need to change it, being confident in that choice. Because another thing that happens is because you're fat, And because now we talk about the politic of fat, people have misunderstood that to mean you can't do anything to your body because it has to stay the exact same where it is. You can do whatever you want to your body. As long as you have the understanding that it's it's acceptable, it's graceful, it's beautiful, it's deserving in any and every form. It is still your body. You still have autonomy over it. We just want to make sure that you understand That there should be no outside force dictating how you feel or how you navigate your body, how you handle your body, how you see your body, how others see your body. So I hope this episode was helpful. I hope the 10 fact commandments have done for you what they have done for me, because I promise you, these have been things that have definitely been true to form, especially that number two that keep that stand out them cookout chairs, because when I tell you. If your people are anything like my people, I I promise the last thing you want to do is cause a scene at a family function because you done messed around and fell out of a cookout chair. But in the meantime, I am excited about moving forward to our next few episodes. Um, I'm going to have a few guests on. I'm actually excited for you to meet them. Um, But in the meantime, I'm also thinking about doing um kind of like a reality recap episode you guys know I love my shows and I need help unpacking because there's been a lot going on I am a huge fan of reality tv so I want to get into it in the meantime thank you so much for joining another episode of till the fat lady sings this has been Jessica speaks and these were the 10 fat commandments bye